On your way home, cause these songs we are ranking. <laughs> wow. Well, we were talking about him. We were talking about Bob Dylan. And it made me think about that. Yeah. It just popped in my head while I was getting my glasses. So. Yeah, well, it's just further evidence that we really do need to start the tape as soon as I show yeah. up at the house. And not we just... missed such good jokes on oh that Oh, my one. God. I feel well, bad. I'm sure we'll circle back to them. Yeah. That is the hallmark of our conversations is that we always... We always make the loop. We're going to circle yeah. back to this joke that none of you have heard. Yeah. So... We're going to laugh really hard about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. You're going to be like, huh? It will be a return for us the first time for you. The snake will be eating its tail and only we will know it. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 107. Of ranking the Beatles. Uh, Hope you're all doing splendid. My name is Jonathan. Over here in front of me today, as opposed to my left, as usual. Staring you right in the face. To your left, if you turn. If I turn, (laughs) that's true. You would still be my left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But here, right next to me, as always, is the lovely Julia. How are you, my dear? Hi, I'm good. Good. You look very pretty today. I love that color shirt on. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, listeners, it's a, what is this, like a I would say it's a, like a dark teal, yeah. yeah. A dark yeah. teal, for, just in case you were curious. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing, Julia? Not a creepy way, you just mentioned the color. Well, it's you look great in jewel tones. It's a creepy tone now, it's a creepy way now. It's creepy, yeah, sorry, we made it creepy. Yeah. Okay, let's circle, circle out of this. Yeah, well. <laughs> we'll be circling back to the creepy. Yeah, yeah, whatever creepy. you fear. <laughs> we, um. I don't know if you know this, Julie and I just celebrated our 16th anniversary on Friday. I saw on the yeah. social medias. Yeah, 16. We've been together 20, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Because that's almost half of my life at this point. Yeah. <sighs> we were pretty young when we met. And we were. It's, um, I, how have we kept it together this long? I'm really not sure. Probably just because you make me laugh a lot. And Very well preserved because of the alcohol. Pretty, <laughs> ah. That's got to be it. Yeah, starting that embalming early. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I learned from my grandparents. It's drink a lot. It makes everything go really well. Yeah. Well, that's why everyone here looks so young. It's, it's the, true. It's the moisture in the air. Humidity. It's very humid, so we, we keep our dewy skin, mm-hmm. and then we're all pickled on the, the inside. inside. Yes. <laughs> that's right. So we're just... We are Preserving. dewy and fresh. <laughs> yes. Uh, and y'all, our guest this week, it's she's here in person, which it's rare that we have an in-person guest. It's always a joy. Um, yeah, wait, what do you mean it's rare that you have an in-person guest? We usually do most of our interviews over Zoom. Shut up. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh. if it's someone that's like here, like you or Paul or okay. like Kyle yeah. or Andre. Oh, or so something. when... Like, say like Harry Nielsen's daughter <laughs> does the podcast does the podcast on and the like, song I forgot you wanted to do yeah yeah that would be the one <laughs> she didn't show up here no she didn't we, like no. come the to bu- your home we don't like have the budget for and... flights on the podcast <laughs> okay okay so she uh, didn't take time out of her busy schedule to come no, and see you no mm. I mean she hopped on the zoom that's the best we could hope for oh. so mm. but uh <laughs> That would make that me was, feel that real was bad. Jeez, uh... please. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I'm not going to let you forget about this one very soon. I love it. Brutal. (laughs) Y'all, if you don't know who's on the show today, she is now a member of the Four Timers Club, which that's rare air. That is rarefied air. You know, the Three Timers Club is rarefied air the last time I was here. Yeah, and I think there's only maybe two maybe three people that are four timers. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 sitting with the nerds but as per the usual. I will say we've had multiple listeners say when is she coming back on the show? Ah, uh, I love it. They, I, you are my people. The listeners love you. All two of you. You are my people. <laughs> we have more than two listeners. We found out the other day that no, we are No, I mean are the ones that are asking for me. We're all two of you. <laughs> we are 115 people's number one podcast, which is stupid. Hell to the yes. No, yeah. there's the, the Beatle nerds. That's are, crazy that 115 people listen Jonathan, to our I podcast n- more than any other podcast. I, I never thought I would actually say this to you, but I, I'm, I'm so glad I get to. Are you going to say my name? I'm not there yet. Okay, good. <laughs> I like that we're drawing this out. We've previously discussed the songs, the wor- the word, mm-hmm. flying, mm-hmm. when I'm 64, mm-hmm. and getting better. Yes, we sir. were going to have you on the episode for... Uh, she's leaving for home. She's leaving home, but I, I goofed it, and I forgot no, that we wanted No, you gave it. it to somebody who's more important than I am. <laughs> I totally get it's it. Not more important. I genuinely forgot that you wanted that one. No, no. I'm sorry. Harry Nielsen's daughter. <laughs> he listen. I've been like, as we just said. We've been married for sixteen years. He just forgot. I just he, forgot. This happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's if I don't, if he doesn't write it down, <laughs> it's like in one ear out the other. That's so why I'm like everything. I'm like put it on the calendar, put it on a list, write it down. I find that <laughs> hilarious because at least two episodes consecutively, you said I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I probably didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's a- yeah. It is just, it's me. It's yeah. me. <laughs> I'm just a little baby. I'm just a little baby. <laughs> I don't know how to do a podcast. <laughs> She's one of the preeminent singers here in New Orleans. I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of the preeminent singers in New Orleans, and I call her the songbird of my heart. Aww. Please welcome back to the podcast, everybody, Debbie Davis. Oh, she wins. How are you? I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I, th- I think I say that every time, but I really mean it. This <laughs> okay time. is good. Okay is good. Sometimes that's the best we can hope for. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I I will give that a qualified and bona fide okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Gearing up for the holidays. Yeah. 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 I think I'm buying my Christmas tree today. Nice. Excellent. See if I can haggle with the un- the the UUs down the block. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, glad you're here. It's always nice to have you. Um. I wanted to get your take on a very uh, timely and an important topic in Beatle fandom. Ooh. Uh, now and Then, the new Beatles single. Yeah. What do you think about it? What are your thoughts? I didn't know there was going to be a quiz on such an important topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's lovely that there is something left that has all four of them. Yeah. I really do think that that's beautiful. Um. I wish I could hear more of John's vocals. Sure, yeah. um, sure. But I, I realize, I recognize why we can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I'm tired of people bitching about everything in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to just be able to hear something and go, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not have like weight behind it of oh, but. Or 
You know, they're just, just musical grave robbing. No, you know what's musical grave robbing? is taking a song that we all recognize and throwing somebody else's vocals on top of it. Natalie Cole, I'm looking at you. Mm, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that was like kind of the first, was that one of the first times that I this happened? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. I remember like, because that happened late 80s? Maybe? Yes. No, I, I remember being. Was, I think that was like mid 90s. It was It was, was before the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was before the anthology yeah. thing with Free as <laughs> Sorry. and all that. Did I say that out loud? My thinking voice and my talking voice sound exactly the same to me, so I don't know which one I'm using. I, yeah, I think it was before anthology because I <laughs> oh, remember no, no, definitely being was. like, I remember being young and being like, whoa. But he's dead. How did they do that? Yeah. Whoa. No, they just they just smacked her on the top of it. Is yeah. what they did. Yeah. 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 But uh, literally cut and paste. Ooh, this is ninety one. Yeah. 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 Ninety one. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean, you enjoyed the song though. I did enjoy it. I mean, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was particularly Beatles esque. Sure. I didn't think it was particularly. I didn't think it was particularly collaborative. Yeah. But it had all of their hands in it, and yeah. I liked that. It yeah. was nice. It was like visiting with old friends. Yes, mm. that's a really good way to put it. That's it, a it lot how nice I felt. To, yeah. It was nice to have them all in the same room together for a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, even if it wasn't. Even if it wasn't like the stuff that I remember them for, it was nice to hear these old friends together. Right. Mm-hmm. That was enough for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't, they don't owe me anything. Fuck's sake. They didn't yeah. owe me anything to begin with. <laughs> I think that's something that people forget is like, I think people feel such ownership with the Beatles. Yeah. That they feel entitled to things being delivered to them the way that they want it to be. Yes. And that's. Oh, sorry, Siri. <laughs> um, and I think that's uh, an impossible task for anything. You oh, know? it absolutely is. And especially with these people that we have taken ownership of their identities. Yeah. Um, we were talking the last time I was here about how uh, John and Yoko kind of controlled the narrative over what Paul was, mm-hmm. not just what his contribution was, but what his personality was yeah. when the band broke up. Like, they told people who he was. Yeah. And he didn't really have a say in the matter until many years later. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all kind of bought into who we think they are and who we mm. think they should be and who we want them to be mm-hmm. after a certain point they have stopped being themselves and so we were all like oh well let's see what the Beatles have for us now right <laughs> are you high like two of them are dead and the other two are octogenarian elder statesmen of this legacy that has eclipsed anything they could have imagined it would have been when they started Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they were children when they started yes john was what 17 and yeah when he he and paul met they were like 16 17 george was 13 years old yeah like literally they were children i was talking about this last night when they broke up in 70 george was 27 which means, like, oh my God, he made Sergeant Pepper. Shoes older than that. He made Sergeant Pepper at twenty three, twenty four. And they're in good shape, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah. think of like the stupid shit you were doing, doing with your life 24? at twenty four, yeah. and like he was like the wise old sage, you know, at twenty four. It's yeah. wild. No, it's it's bonkers. Yeah. Um, and I can't think of. I can think of almost no one, 
who is make continuing to make valid musical contributions, who is of that age, making original musical contributions of that age, with the exception of like Donovan is still making music. Yeah. That's still mm-hmm. valid. Okay. Like he put out a record last December mm-hmm. that is still good. Yeah. Like still you listen to it and go, oh wow, who's that? Rather than, hmm. oh, that's a dinosaur making music yeah. that is trying to sound like something he made in 1968. Mm-hmm. Mm. He gets a lot of flack from Beatles fans. You ever seen that? <sighs> Why? Because of his, because when he was in India with them, yeah, he's, the argument that I've seen, and I don't really know a lot of the story of it, is that he tries to like parlay a lot of weight of like, oh well, I helped write this and I helped do this and I helped do that. He probably did, and he may well have. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. He probably. But I always see a lot of griping did. about him, and he... I just don't know enough about him to know one way or the other. Oh, dude, no, he like, he was one of the architects of the psychedelic movement. Mm-hmm. Like he was the first person to introduce all of those Eastern instruments into pop music and to take all of those. Celtic pagan themes and put them into pop music. The hurdy gurdy, nobody knew what the fuck that was until Donovan used it. Yeah. The sitar, the I mean, all of those instruments, he brought all of that stuff back in like '64 hmm. before anybody else was even thinking about it. Yeah. He's a freaking shaman. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's made of magic. No, when Donovan yeah. finally dies, he will disappear like Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> if he says he did it, he did it. The man's yeah. got no reason to lie about anything. Yeah. He's like eating mushrooms on the Isle of Skye, like right now. <laughs> nice, so, nice place to find yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, again and again and again. Like, yeah. does Donovan need to find himself? He found himself and then he found the Beatles. And like, yeah. I, I don't know why anybody would gripe somebody who obviously was there first yeah you know if anybody was an elder statesman at that point it was donovan Mm -hmm. so but like with the exception of somebody like him who else is making contributions now yeah paul mccartney's not making music anymore ringo Starr's not making music anymore they're touring but that doesn't mean like well, yeah, what, I mean, what's what's Paul playing when he tours? Well, to be fair, he is playing stuff off of McCartney three, and what was the record before McCartney three? Uh, Egypt S- Station. Sing one song off of McCartney three, please. I can sing many songs off of McCartney. Okay, 3. you're a gigantic nerd. <laughs> um, I will argue you that there are songs on McCartney three on his last recent his last okay. say five records. I would argue that there are songs in those collections that stand up with some of his best. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. hundred percent. And I mean that without being like the big nerd that I am, like just as a musician. As, as a non-nerd. As a, if, if I look at it objectively, there are classic songs on those records. Like a hundred percent classic I, I songs. I take your word yeah. for it. I take, but like, I take your word for that. Also, like you have to go look for them because like it's not like they're entering the zeitgeist in the same way that they did for the other 50 years. Well, I'm sorry. Know? Is there a zeitgeist anymore? There's mm. like 400 zeitgeists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which means know. there's no zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Val. How much money did you make on Spotify last year? Not as much as Taylor Swift did. 100 well, mil this year was what I just read today. Wow. Yeah, but she had like 475 <clears throat> trillion, trillion <laughs> streams. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's how much you have to get to make it. Yeah. A million dollars. Well, now if you don't hit a certain threshold, they just don't pay you out. Yeah. Well, because it's not worth the postage. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. That's how my money is. Or the direct deposit. I mean, you could just direct <clears throat> deposit it at no, at no, no cost. At, at, at no cost and no profit. Yeah. Funny how that works. Right. <laughs> no cost to them or you. You ever got one of those checks for zero dollars? Yes. Zero yes, I have, one. in fact. Thank you, SAG. <laughs> yep. Thank you. That strike was totally worth it. I will cash that next 17 che- cents check and the next one after that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. God bless you, David Overmeyer. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Boy or girl, if I have another baby, I'm naming it David Overmeyer. <laughs> The music business is great. It's so entertaining. It's a wonderful place to be. Right. Yeah. But I have the hat. (laughs) Well played. Yeah. So this is, and it's just moving to the next topic. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, there was a topic. (laughs) It's free form today. Uh, No, I do have questions. Um, So. Oh, don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this is ironically, oddly, I guess maybe the third 1967. Beatles song that we're going to discuss today with you. Mm. Of the what? songs that we've done, uh, three of them, Flying, When I'm 64, and Getting Better, and then today, with today's song, 1967. No shit. I don't know how we've ended up here. Uh, what is your favorite era of the Beatles? I feel like I don't know that about you. I mean, I, I think we've kind of come to it, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> is this, is no, this your bread and Pe- butter? Sergeant Pepper is my... Sergeant Pepper is my favorite i've i've said that at least four times yeah um so yeah i think that's pretty much my favorite era although i that that was the that was the record that really broke my beatles cherry Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't until i was an adult that i got into let it be and abbey road yeah so I feel like i'm still breaking ground on those two if that doesn't sound too sophomore and weird to say i've only no. listened to them like 700 times as opposed to 3000 <laughs> times yeah. um I'm, trying, I'm still catching up yeah um but yeah i think 67 is probably where the meat of my familiarity and my love for them lies interesting i almost feel like that i wouldn't peg that for you it's really reason. yeah i know i feel like if i had to guess i would think maybe like the earlier stuff but like when I was younger, yeah. I was familiar with the earlier stuff because the earlier stuff was what my mom was aware of. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but she she graduated high school in 62. So like the Beatles that she was familiar with was the very, very early Beatles. Uh, by the time six, she got married in 67. Mm-hmm. So by the time all of this was happening, she was grown and out of the house and out of college and living in New York and married and doing very, very different things that had absolutely nothing to do with any of this. Um, so her affection for the Beatles was very, very early stuff. And I know all the love me do's and that, you know, that that stuff is ingrained in my brain, mm-hmm. like. DNA hardwired stuff. This would, <laughs> but this was my coming of age era Beatles, and it's uh, my love for it is very, very different. Um, it's much more personal. Yeah, not nearly as much as not not as much a part of my upbringing as much of as much as it is a part of who I feel like I actually am. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is this is the stuff that's personal to me. 
Yeah. I know all the early stuff chapter and verse. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately or fortunately, I could sit down and <laughs> sing A Taste of Honey with you. <laughs> as ridiculous as that song chords, is. Man. Yeah, well, you gotta know them now, ha huh? yeah. I got away with that one last night. Yeah, though. I know you did. I, I know you, you can't run from it forever, though, right. man. It's gonna well, catch just, up with you. Every time it comes up of, you know, should we learn A Taste of Honey, I think to myself, well, you know, even you know, you no, know is your the other guys didn't want to play it. John called it a waste of money. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yep. Just cantankerous smartass oh, yeah. to the oh, beginning yeah. to end. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I know. I, I love and hate that for him so much. Yeah, a waste of money. <laughs> um, god damn it! <laughs> have you seen the? Uh... I'm ashamed I didn't think of it first, Frank. <laughs> right. I assume you've seen the Magical Mystery Tour movie. Have you ever watched that? that is that Gemma the one where they're all one? dressed like furries? There, yes, there is part where they're dressed like furries. I've never thought about it like that, but yes. Really? You've never thought about it like that? They all look like they should be at a state park, like park, like soliciting weirdos in pickup trucks. I don't know how often that that enters my mind. My, my, my well, reference your, point. Your brain <laughs> zeitgeist. <laughs> my brain well, zeitgeist, which I'm not sure there is. Starting one. now, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more often. Yeah. <laughs> the pedals are furries. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Brings new meaning to I am the walrus, that's for sure. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Ah, goo 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 indeed. <laughs> We're going to have, like, very weird algorithms for the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be strange. <laughs> Glad to help. Merry Christmas, by the way. <laughs> Just in time for Christmas, here's some furries in your Amazon algorithm. Yes. Oh, no. Now, granted, if it's like a little tiny walrus guy, that'd be kind of funny. Yeah. Talk a lot of that. You just said little tiny walrus guy. That's going to throw off the algorithm right there. I'd like to put that in the the hashtags for the, uh, for <laughs> little the, tiny the episode notes. <laughs> oh, the good stuff writes itself, people. Right. You're going to throw off everyone's algorithms. Yes. <laughs> just doing my job, man. <laughs> Well, let's um, let's hop into this week's to- uh, song. I think we got a lot of stuff to talk about with this song because this is an interesting one. Um, Friends coming in this week at number ninety-eight is "Hello Goodbye." You say- By the end of 1967, the Beatles were at a place where they could pretty much do no wrong. Now, this was the year that they'd shed their mop-top image, and with the release of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, critics were finally forced to concede that the group were more than just pop stars, they were in fact artists of the highest caliber. Now, without going too far into the obvious, 
the album marked a watershed moment in music and culture, completely capturing the zeitgeist. That's the fourth time we said zeitgeist in this episode. Uh, of, of what would become the Summer of Love. Then, only a month after its release, the band found themselves performing for the entire world on the first ever global satellite broadcast program, Our World, where they performed a brand new song, All You Need Is Love. Then, two months later, Brian Epstein died, a loss that we could easily say kicked off the long, slow, Rube Goldberg-like end of the band. So while the band had found themselves arguably at the biggest peak of their career, with their most musically complex release, it would only seem natural that in the reaction to Brian's death, there might be some interest in maybe pulling the reins back and simplifying things a bit. At some point in August of that year, Paul was hanging out with Brian's assistant, Alistair Taylor, who was asking Paul about the craft of songwriting. Paul replied that it was in fact dead easy and had Taylor sit with him at a harmonium in his house. Paul instructed him to press whatever keys he wanted and then Paul would do the same on his side. And then to shout out any word he chose and then Paul would shout out the opposite. Taylor recalls, uh, then he shouted white and I shouted black and so it went. Come, go, hello, goodbye. We did a few more and it lasted about five minutes then we packed up and Paul said, there you go, we've got a song. This exercise in duality, as Paul would refer to it, uh, was taken and eventually molded into a full song sometime between August and October, with Paul saying about the song that he was, in fact, promoting the more positive side of the duality. On August 2nd, the band was at EMI Studios and needed 14 takes to capture a backing track for what was at the time called Hello, Hello. The initial lineup featured Paul on piano, John on harmonium, Ringo on drums, and George on tambourine. Uh, <laughs> you're George Harrison, just play the tambourine. Yeah. Uh, they returned to the song on October 19th for an overdub session in which Paul laid down his lead vocal and conga drum overdub. Uh, John and George add their backing vocals and hand claps. John adds piano, Ringo adds maracas, and George lays down lead guitar. Most all of his lead guitar would eventually be removed from the final mix. Uh, the following night, strings were added to the song, with the score being developed by George Martin that evening while Paul played what he wanted on the piano. Uh, according to the viola player Ken Essex in the book The, recording, the Beatles' Recording Sessions, quote, All of the Beatles were there. One of them was sitting on the floor in what looked like pajamas, drawing, <laughs> drawing with crayons on a piece of paper. On October 25th, Paul finally adds his bass part to the song, only to return to it again November 2nd to add additional bass work to the track. And on November 10th, the band filmed three promotional performance clips of the song at the Seville Theater, owned by the late Brian Epstein uh, and directed by one Paul McCartney. Uh, it was released as a single, backed by I Am The Walrus, a decision which John was particularly upset by, calling Paul's song, quote, three minutes of contradictions and meaningless juxtapositions, though he conceded it was definitely the more commercial of the two songs. <laughs> Uh, the single was released November 24th in the UK and released as a single and as a track on the Magical Mystery Tour album in the US on November 27th. It was, of course, a worldwide number one hit. It has been part of Paul's live set off and on since 1989, where he first used the coda as the ending to his song Put It There and then added the full song to his set list in 2002. So why is Hello Goodbye at 98? Now, admittedly, it seems like it would be weird to have a worldwide number one hit at number 98. That's a weird proposition. But at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, I do love this song. Uh, it's a great melody, as most McCartney songs are. One of the things I think really makes this track work is Ringo's drums. 
uh, he his playing on this song is really really musical. It moves around so much, and his parts change in each section of the song. You get a different pattern in the verse, a different one in the pre-chorus, different one in the chorus, and he does these great kind of long fills throughout the bridge in the last verse. And this is also that time in the Beatles catalog where whatever Jeff Emmerich is using, like you know, microphone wise on Ringo's drums, whatever they're doing, they just sound so good in 1967. I think it's maybe the best his drums ever sound sonically in that year. Uh, the backing vocals in the last chorus are really clever, kind of a counter melody and a counter lyric. That's a neat little trick that they do. Um, and of course, the outro part is just it's so it's so much fun. It's just such a cool groove. It rocks. It makes you want to dance. And like I said previously, I love the song, but I think I love it in maybe the same way I love cotton candy. It's yummy. It makes me smile. It satisfies a craving when I see it. It ticks all those little boxes, but there's not a lot of substance to it. And same with this song. It feels like it's, you know, there's not a lot of substance, maybe because it's missing real actual input from the others. When they released the version on the anthology that has all of George's guitar work that was eventually wiped from the final mix, I thought it was really interesting because if there is a complaint that I think is fairly common about this song, it's that it's somewhat repetitive. Um, it doesn't really go many places. It's kind of copy-paste throughout. Um, and a lot of the ideas that George put down resolve that and make it a bit more interesting. It's easy to see how... You know, with Paul making the decision to cut that guitar part, that's going to create some tension between him and George. That will rear its head again when George wants to do the same thing in Hey Jude and then gets shot down. And then again in the Get Back section, uh, sessions, as we all saw in Let It Be and Get Back. Uh, lyrically, the whole yes-no thing, while clever and fun and easy to sing along to, is very let's call the whole thing off. So it's not the most <laughs> original thing in the world. Um, it just feels like at this point the Beatles were too big to fail. And whatever they released would have gone to number one. Uh, you know, like John said, it's definitely more commercial than I'm the Walrus, but I'm kind of with him in thinking that I'm the Walrus is a much better song. And what I've read is that George Martin made the call that Hello Goodbye would be the A side. And in some ways, I can see him making that call to kind of bring things back down to planet Earth after a really extreme year for the organization. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do still love Cotton Candy and I do still love this song. Uh, in 2015, the New Musical Express put out a list of the 100 greatest Beatles songs as selected by other musicians, and The Cure ranked this at number 91, so I'm pretty close to Robert Smith, and he's not wrong about much. So that's my two cents. <laughs> I think it's adorable that Robert Smith put this song They did a cover 91. of this. Have you heard it? No. They, they did a cover of this with Paul's son James playing guitar on it, James McCartney. It's oh really good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Probably is, I think it predates this list that that the NME did, but it's really an interesting little cover. You can I'm a big fan up. of Cure covering anybody. Their version of Hello, I Love You is pretty amazing. The Doors? Mm-hmm. Julia loves The Doors. Yeah, the Cure did an amazing <laughs> cover of Hello, I Love You. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking banger. Enjoy that. <laughs> she hates The Doors hate so the much. I hate The Doors. So much. Well, if you like The Cure, this may convert you. 
It won't. Oh. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh, okay, the cure made it like slightly tolerable. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I saw the cure one time at the Sanger Theater and I fell asleep. <laughs> I saw them at the. Oh, I was too young to the, really the thing enjoy it. Recently. Yeah. They were really I heard great. they were great. They I heard were that tour really was great. great. Yeah. 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 And Robert Smith has like revamped the whole ticketing thing. Yeah, mm, kudos mm-hmm. to that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, leave it to the fucking goths. <laughs> well organized. Yeah. Well, no, we're not going to play your concert if you take all those fees. Nope. You said you weren't going to do it, and then we caught you doing it. Give the money back. <laughs> no. It. No, give it back. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Got to hand it to the goths, man. Yeah. They are organized and they are serious. I love it. The goths yeah. and the Swifties. Yeah. Changing the world bit by bit. Oof. God bless us. Everyone, maybe there's a chance for us. Robert Smith and Taylor's Robert Smith and, and Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift got together. Ooh. The Smithies and the Swifties. Wow. The Swifties. The Smithies. The Swifties. Uh, there's hope for our planet yet if those two can unite. Yes. If they can like Like the that episode of South Park. Which one? The um the Barbara Streisand, oh, Mecca, Mecca Streisand, Mecca Stry- <laughs> Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. I haven't seen that in years. Uh, I love that so show. Good. Maybe like Robert Smith and Taylor Swift can bring together like Gen X and Gen Z to like yeah. get some shit straight in the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, all the boomers just have to sit down. Yeah, that's a lot of our listeners. We love you guys. Yeah, y'all, y'all, you guys are great. It's okay, boomers. <laughs> See, we can, you guys we are can great. put a spin on that. You <laughs> just, just edit just that out. Let us, let us take over. We like the ones that like our podcast. They're, yeah. all, they're all great. You guys are fine. It's the other guys. <laughs> Talk to your people. Um. <laughs> it's the sound of snipping right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I'm oh, sorry, where were we? <laughs> we're discussing <laughs> Hello Goodbye, written by the Beatles <laughs> and released in 1967. <laughs> right. Um, well, okay, so this song was a number one hit, and you're ranking it at what, number 98? 90, 98. Okay, so I, I don't think that's weird. Yeah. No, not nearly as weird as Long and Winding Road being like, what, number 412? Right. Where did Barely making that? the list at yeah. all. <laughs> she didn't write that. That was somebody else. It was the doors. I did really enjoy playing that last <laughs> month, though. We did that with the Electric Yacht Quartet. Yeah, it's a pretty good song. And I was like, man, singing it with the strings, like, it's not, that, not a bad song. <laughs> I might move it up a spot May or have to two. reconsider. <laughs> the great re-rankening. Re-rankening. Re-rankening, mm-hmm. I yep. like that. I it's like going to happen. He has to atone for some sins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this has been a long process. Yeah. It is. I, yeah. One might call it a long and winding road. <laughs> And the yeah, list was yeah, really yeah, just like yeah. a, a snippet of time. Like he, I think you just did it over a couple days in Very 2020. Guttural. Yeah. So it and was, that was like what five years ago? It was 2020. So 2020. Like, yeah. Did you do it in March or was it like April? No, I did it that summer. No, mm. May. It was May. Yeah. See, time has gotten. Or maybe it was April. <laughs> see, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Linear time was kind of a dick before, but it's yeah. really it's become a, mm-hmm. a problem yeah. since then. <laughs> yeah, it's I feel like I so say like, oh yeah, that wobbly. was like three years ago, and then I'm like, wait, that was definitely pre-COVID, and COVID started three years ago. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You know, people say 20 yeah. years ago. I'm like, oh, so in like 1985, and they're yeah. like, no, Grandma, you need to lie down. <laughs> Yeah. So, did you take your multivitamin today? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need to take some Centrum. The silver, though. Yeah. The one for old people. Aww. Yeah. No, not not the Centrum for young people. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're very clear <laughs> on what the, vitamins. We're very clear on what the centrum is for. Thanks. <laughs> Again, I've got shoes older than that, <laughs> and they're in pretty good shape. Um, yeah. So this song is. I mean, I have a weird connection with this song. This song, my big memory of this song is the fact that it was one of the songs that when my son was in elementary school they there were some songs that were in heavy rotation at the morning meeting at his elementary school Mm -hmm. they would do like morning announcements and then the music teacher would come up and play a song before everybody would disperse and go to their morning classes they'd start the school day and this was one of the songs that they would play so i have a strange like I was aware of this song obviously long before that but I associate this with like five-year-olds dancing around outside getting ready to start their school day Um, and the fact that it was a number one pop hit in America among adults who are ostensibly still adults now listening to this podcast and you know who you are I guess um (laughs) But that its appeal is so universal that it has this, like, this kid appeal to it also, mm-hmm. um, I think is kind of telling about their songwriting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That age-wise, it has this arc of universality to it, mm-hmm. which, oddly enough, I Am the Walrus kind of does, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because how fun is it to sing like cuckoo cuckoo? Yeah. yeah, like kids well, and, love that and shit. Like, it's, yeah, it's very Lewis. It's very Lewis, Lewis Carroll. It's very so fantasy. It's Alice in Wonderland. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's that. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, I think it appeals to the fantastic nature of children's imagination and the their ability to see the duality in things. There, mm. um, which a lot of the pop music in 1967 was not doing a lot of the stuff that was happening around that time was and not to be hype not even being hyperbolic was kind of apocalyptic yeah in Mm -hmm. 67 you're looking at stuff the the doors i mean was actually exploring what happens when you push your brain to the limit that it can go to and then you push it a little bit further yeah like there's songs literally about the end of the world eve of destruction you're People are being shipped off to Vietnam. It's people were really exploring the depths of man's inhumanity toward man. Mm-hmm. And the Beatles were counteracting that with a lot of fantasy and a lot of wordplay and a lot of real humble humanity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which. It's interesting that they use those two songs as an A side and a B side because they are very different, but at the same time, they also have a real combined appeal in that they are both kind of fantastic and kind of silly and kind of a departure from the very serious nature of what was happening sociopolitically at Mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the other songs that were on the charts in 67, they're not like those. Yeah. Because neither one is about romance. Neither one is bubblegum love songs. And neither one is a social political statement. Yeah. They both are kind of out in the the sky, Mm -hmm. out in the imagination world. 
which the Beatles were really good at exploring and yeah. not everybody else was. And yeah. so much of their music that year exists out there. I mean, mm-hmm. you, they start the year with Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane, mm-hmm. exactly. which are not about anyone else other than the internal dialogue of the narrator. Um, exactly. And uh, yeah. All You Need Is Love. All You Need Is Love, yeah. Which is not about romantic love. I'm trying to think, is there anything on Sgt. Pepper? Lovely Rita, maybe, but that's just about trying to fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, it's about trying to get lucky. It's trying to get trying to bang uh, a civil servant. Which, okay, well, but who hasn't been there? Right, if I had a dime for every time I did that. Ooh, but I mean, no, I mean, uh, Sergeant Pepper is is full of fantastic. Yeah, getting better all the time is introspective. Yeah, it's all about what's happening in the mind of the narrator. It's all about as we discussed the last time. Mm-hmm. It's all about exploring the self. It's all yeah. about um, fixing a hole. Again, is all about self-exploration. Mm-hmm. It's all about what's going on in your head. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It's all about imagery. It's all fantastic. Yeah. It's, and Magical Mystery Tour is a lot more of the same. Mm-hmm. So I think this is really just... A nice cross section yeah. of their ability to do that in two very different ways. Mm-hmm. Although it does seem kind of silly to me that Paul was like, "Hey, we wrote a song in five minutes," and it took him like <laughs> three months to do it. Okay, yeah. so you wrote a song in August and you weren't done with it until October, but then it took you another month to. Fi- you can't have it well, both ways. Well, now also, <laughs> also they were working on the film at that time. Magical Mystery Door film, which he mm-hmm. was directing and editing, uh-huh. as I think they filmed throughout September. Yeah, was the song done or not, Paul? Uh, whoever knows. Okay. Well, tomorrow <laughs> never knows, apparently. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? You say yes. simple song or it's not yeah but uh, he also is good at like toiling over things as, as evidenced by like two different sessions to do his bass track when everyone else has been done with their stuff yeah but that's his hallmark that's thing too. that's him that's yeah. his i'm gonna go in and play it's the bass perfect. part and while i'm playing the bass part i'm gonna think about the next bass part i'm gonna do tomorrow yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of his jam yeah He's which i totally respect which is great yeah my strong Taurus brother. <laughs> I mean, that's why some of this stuff is so great as it is, that's, is because he was a perfectionist and he yes. drove them to that point. There's and he a reason he's to that point. There's a reason he's considered one of the best bass players of all time because he's toiled for two days over the bass part for "Hello Goodbye." Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. The Who Fucking Cares song on this record. Right. Who Fucking Cares? Paul McCartney Fucking Cares. Yeah. That's who. <laughs> he went home and was like, mm, I can do better. Yeah, yeah. On this song that nobody yeah. cares about. It's, yeah. It's, it's, Even his own band doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The B side is 20 times more interesting, and I'm still going to go back and do another pass on this thing. Yeah. Another day's worth of passes on this thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the reason you can't separate Paul McCartney's compositional choices from his arranging choices at least 85% of the yeah, time. They're all kind of one of the same. Yeah. No, every, all of his bass parts are through composed and mm-hmm. all of his arrangement choices are part of the composition. Yeah. Mm. So it's not just the root and the five and the root and the five. It's just, it's, no, this is the bass part and it's not the song unless you play that dun 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 dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the song. That's not just a choice. Yeah. That's the choice. <laughs> it, no, that's spot on. Like, did you learn the song or not? As we as we learned all this stuff for 1963, you realize like how many of these songs, how many of these songs are dependent on the movement of the bass part. Yeah. Otherwise, it does it's not, not the song. Work. Yeah. It's not an arrangement choice. Even it's a composition as, choice. You know, simple and early as I saw her standing there without him going do 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 do. It doesn't move the right way. No. And it's a different song. It's a different song. You it doesn't feel you good. You can't dance to it. Nope. Exactly. Yep. The yeah. only I think like the only time he plays it that simple is maybe Love Me Do. Where it's just like He boom, didn't know better then. Boom, 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 yeah. Boom, boom. Like that's it. But yeah. that was like what, their second single? Yeah. First, he didn't know any better. First, yeah. First. That was them trying to just get the foot in the door. Yeah. Like we we can't screw this up. You're just <laughs> trying to figure out safe. how their gear works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this loud enough? Can you hear it? Okay. All right, I guess we're done with the song. Is this good? I don't know. <laughs> Did we get it? <laughs> I think it was when they went to do their their audition for uh, George Martin, and they showed up with all their gear, and the EMI engineers were like, what is this? And they spent the first, like, four hours just repairing their amps <laughs> and, like, getting their gear in functional state. <gasps> Whoa. They'd been playing, performing with this. And they were like, this does not work right. Whoa. We're going to, okay, we're going to fix this. Yeah. I think that's what everybody's first band is like. Yes, very much so. Isn't this that is what their first band. First... Yeah. This is their first band. That's the mind blower. Is like the Beatles are their first band. <laughs> like, yeah, it had different names. Same fucking band. Right? Yeah, no, just a bunch of fucking dopes with yeah. broken gear. Going, oh, we got this, guys. We're going to be famous. Here's a song we wrote. <laughs> Here's the song. One, two. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me start again. <laughs> like there was no guitar way. center to run to to get a new amp. Like no, they got like just daddy kick it until it works again. Mom and dad at, at EMI were like, "All right, we'll let the guy come fix it for you." Jesus Christ. Oh my god. It's a tax write-off. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's easy to forget that, but mm-hmm. they were just these they were just these children yep. with broken yeah. gear. Paul's writing 20, stupid songs. Twenty five or twenty six when he's writing this song, it's mind blowing. Yeah, and he was and he was the old sage. Uh, George yeah. is the old sage, I think. Paul was the uh, Paul was like the 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 perky old puppy. George is like the wise old sage. Paul is who's, the cat herder. <laughs> yes, Paul is the cat herder. Yeah, yeah. Paul is twenty six and tired by then. Mm. Yeah, I think this was the year he found cocaine. Uh, Apparently, he only really liked it for like the year of '67, and then he's really yeah. I've I've read multiple accounts that like a lot of the creativity of this time was like cocaine. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then okay. he was like, ah, I I don't like that, and kicked it, and just stuck with t- mountains of weed. But yeah, could, be, of could weed be wrong. And but, LSD. Yeah. Although I th- I think he probably kicked that pretty quick too. Well, I don't know that that's. 
as addictive as much as it is just I think they just moved away from that scene and that world after this. Like this is kind of the last well, they gasp. They had of... access to it earlier than most yeah. people did mm-hmm. too yeah. when, well, and when Paul... it was a social thing yeah. starting in 67 for a lot of people. Right. They had access to it earlier. Yeah, and Paul was the last one of the four to take it. Oh. Like the other three took it in 65. Okay, that and makes sense. Well, John and John and George took it in 65. I think Ringo took it later that year when they were on tour. And Paul waited till 66, I think. In India? Or may, no. India was 68. Oh, okay. I, it was either 66 or it might have been early 67 when they were recording Sgt. Pepper. Right. And I think the story is John yeah, had I taken some. Sgt. Pepper years. John had thought he was taking an upper to go to the studio. And went up Took on the acid. Roof. And George Martin was like, oh, let's go get you some air, buddy. And took him up on the roof. And so then Paul like took him home and decided to like, all right, trip he's having him. a bad trip. Right. I'm going to join him. And took it, and I think that was his first time. Um, but I think, like, by the end of the year, if not early 60s, I think maybe by India, for all intents and purposes, they'd all kicked it, except for John, who apparently came back from India and just took mountains, like, just went on, like, a binge for days. That sounds about right. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, John couldn't get enough of a good or a bad thing, it seems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so... I forgot how we got there. <laughs> the long that, and winding road. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that's how acid does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of acid, Julia, what do you think about <laughs> Wow. What is that interesting? That puts the know. you in segue, man. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems silly. What do you think, my love, about Hello Goodbye? Um, I think this is another case. I feel like we've talked about this a couple of times recently where – like, yes, the lyrics are sort of on the simple end mm-hmm. of the spectrum, um, but the music kind of makes up for it. Like, sure. I I feel like you said this is kind of like a copy-paste kind of song. Like, it's a bit re- – and I guess it is a bit repetitive, but it also seems very, like, interesting to me because there's sort of the two vocal parts that are happening at the same time. That keeps it really interesting. And then you have sort of like the ending that's completely different from the rest of the song. Like, I think it's a very interesting song. I find this song to just like, lyrics aside, like not thinking too hard about it, just sort of the music of it just feels very like pure joy to me. Like, it always Mm -hmm. makes me think of like, (laughs) this is kind of ridiculous and me. I don't know, maybe a little wrong, but like sort of holiday shopping commercials of just like people in like adorable <laughs> sweaters, hello. like in it's the a Target snow. Commercial. Yeah, it's like it sort kind of like of is. yeah. You put some jingle bells behind this. It's a total Target Christmas hello, commercial. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like a testament to. It's also the same rhythm of simply having uh, wonderful Christmas. Time. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's subliminal. Say goodbye. And I say simply having wonderful Christmas time. Hello, okay. hello. Wow. Since you brought it up, can I just be the one to say, why doesn't that song have a bass line? Which one? Wonderful Christmas time? Yes. Uh, it's all synths. Yes, it's also but all, there's even it's a synth bass also in all Paul McCartney. Yeah. Why is there a Paul McCartney song that doesn't have a bass line? <laughs> Why is nobody talking about this? Where is the outrage, people? Just to again, fuck mountains with of us. weed and synthesizers. Like. Oh my god! I mean, 
I mean, for the same reason that he wrote a silly love song called Silly Love Song. Like, like, with the, wildest, the, bass the wildest bass part you ever just, heard. Just to like completely fuck with people and be like, I'm going to write a Christmas song. It's going to be beloved by 70% of people. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm a bass player. I'm a famous bass player. Violently hated by the other 30%. And there will be no bass. Fuck you, I'm out. And I worship at the altar of Paul McCartney, and I am a gigantic Christmas nerd, as you all know well. Yes. yes. But this has got to stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want him to record a baseline no for it? No fucking quarter, Paul McCartney. <laughs> when he dies, we'll have Giles Martin go remix it and find an old Paul bass part to put into Wonderful Christmas. Oh yes. Gosh. You know, if we're... There if we we're, go. You know, no, but that feels like musical <laughs> grave robbing. Like, yes. We need him to do it now. We, need, him, we do need Please. him to do it now. Or we need, like, one of his children to do it now mm, while right. he's still alive. Like, everybody's jumping on this, oh, let's take a Beatles song and, like, make it a more Beatles song. Let's take a John <laughs> song and add more stuff. You know what? Let's take a Paul McCartney song and fucking fix it. Look, we'll get... We'll put, we'll put it through the AI machine, get an AI bass part, <laughs> Hoffner tone. It'll be perfection. You know, I want you to actually do this. Can you do it and see what happens? Because yes. I feel like it would be hilarious. Yes. Oh, my God. And please post it. That would be like the best Christmas present anybody has ever given me. Just put a nice McCartney bass part on that yes. song for you. Because yes. If Noted. Paul McCartney won't do it. <laughs> Who will? Christ, Jonathan Priedis. Jonathan Priedis saves Christmas. Look, I'm... I've picked up the slack from McCartney in the past. I'll do it again, <laughs> only for you. Thank you. God bless oh us, God. everyone. Everyone. <laughs> you were saying, my I love? don't even know what I was saying. We have gotten so far off track, but I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What was I saying? I don't uh, know. It reminds me of a Christmas, a Christmas it commercial. Does. Yeah, yes. like it just—it feels very like bright and cheerful and light, and I want people like in the snow and sweaters, like decorating and giving out gifts and just like joyful it happiness does feel merry. like mm-hmm. yes yeah like little kids dancing like that's yes. that's my associated image with it yeah exactly like little kids like that's and what... it's and i think that that's sort of one of the things that's so great about a simple lyric is that adults can sing along to it kids cuz like it it's sort of it's mass appeal again number one song duh <laughs> No, but there's lots, of, there's lots of number one songs that have very focused appeal, that true, have very true. limited demographics. Yeah. Especially at that time. 67? Like yeah. There were... Not some, everyone was listening to The Doors. It was a very divisive time. <laughs> yeah. It's 67 and like, 68 is like... Socially, it was very Weird divisive. time in America. All yeah. everywhere, really. I'm, yeah. But especially here. Especially here. Socially, geopolitically, mm-hmm. I mean, racially... Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of stuff for people to argue about. Yeah. And this song continues to be universally appealing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of the songs from that time that really have stood the test of time tend to be some of the ones that are a bit lighter in weight and poppy, like uh, Your Good Vibrations or Last Train to Clarksville or like things like just like those mm-hmm. really sunny, fun kind of pop songs that are catchy and remind you of fun, innocent times, but are still like cool and interesting um, that provided some kind of break in that time that was yeah. desperately needed. You well, know? in and out of context, like you can yeah. think of this where it came from in 67 or you can remove it yep. and put it 
anywhere and it's, great. and mm-hmm. it's still great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A good mm-hmm. song is a good song. It okay. does the, it does the heavy lifting for itself. For sure. For sure. Any more thoughts, Julia, before we tie a bow on it? Um I don't think so. I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about the joy of it, it makes me think of I think one of the some of my favorite Beatles visuals are the ends of the videos for this song. Uh, have you ever watched the videos for no. this? Oh God, they're like beautifully shot. Like it's in this theater that you know there's like a there's three three different versions of it. One of them they're in their Sergeant Pepper outfits. Okay. Uh, then the other one they're in just like regular cool looking Beatles clothes. You know? <laughs> right. And um, and they're playing their mime in the song, uh, but it just gets kind of progressively like sillier and wackier and like Ringo's got his normal kit then he's got like a real tiny drum kit then he's got a real big drum kit with like a 40 inch bass drum like little small silly things like that this is very spinal tap very yeah and then um, Paul's gonna be in the new spinal I tap. know I cannot wait for this Paul and like Elton John and like uh-huh. a whole slew of people oh yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta see if I can get Harry Shearer on this show that'd be a, a, oh. a coup if I could do that yeah I'm gonna make a call on that uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but then at the end, when, they, when it gets to the Dakota part, like they're just kind of all four goofily dancing together and having fun and being like the wacky fun Beatles, even though it's 67, you know, like they're all just like tripping balls. Yeah. But like, As th- they it's, should be. it's just joyful, silly, fun dancing. Whenever you see them, like, be, like, really, like, really, like pretty colored, silly footage of them dancing. Yeah. Like, it's usually from that. Hey, la, hey, la, hey, la. Yes, it's that yeah. whole section. And it's just so fun to watch, and it's like it's what makes me like smile to watch because it's just like that's fun right there, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about when you said that this makes you think of joy. It made yeah. me think of this. Well, and I like to think of them having, I like to think of them being those four guys having fun together. Mm-hmm. I think we've been inundated with so much information of the four of them being those guys, kind of ready to break up yeah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. kind of biding their time smoking and fighting and goofing off and waiting for billy preston to show up right. and make <laughs> them the play record. their instruments right. again yeah yeah um but I, I think that was like peter jackson's intent with the now and then video was like to try yeah. to like show that footage that that side of them yeah but it's on a song that doesn't reflect that necessarily yeah well, the juxtaposition's well, real weird because that's not what it that's not what that song was. It yeah. was a John yeah. song that didn't really have anything. That was my that was my walk. That was my takeaway from that was that it wasn't a Beatles song. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see four friends in the room together again to feel the four of them together in the room, but it was not the Beatles. Sure, it mm-hmm. was not. It was not those guys. This is those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to feel. It's nice to n- remember them as four guys who could hang out in a room together tripping balls having fun yeah playing yeah. on different size drum kits yeah <laughs> yeah 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 because that's not that's not the parting shot that we got with them right mm-hmm. um from from let it be or from get back mm-hmm. although get back was much more of a relief let it be yeah was, as a ugh. slog yeah that's yeah a it's tough, a, a tough it, watch it's a tough watch and i think it was now that we've all seen Let It Be, I think we can kind of agree that Get Back, that uh, now that we've all seen Get Back, I think that we can kind of agree that Let It Be was done with an agenda. Yeah. That 
Michael Lindsay Hogg was not happy that they wouldn't give him the movie that they wanted, so he did this character assassination piece Mm -hmm. to make them look like these guys who were all assholes in their own right who were at each other's throats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I walked away from Let It Be, like, thinking like they truly hate each other yeah no there's one point like you it looks like john's ready to throw an ashtray at george and Mm -hmm. paul's ready to cry like and then you find 25 years later we get to watch get back and go oh wait they had fun oh look they they were four guys in a under a really stressful situation. Oh, and Yoko had just lost a fucking baby. Yes, mm-hmm. which never gets talked about. Yeah, never gets to, And it wasn't a miscarriage. She was seven months pregnant when she lost that baby. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah. And I she, didn't realize that. Yeah, she lost that baby at the end of November. They started recording on January 6th. Yeah. Oh, so God. that was a very fresh wound. This yes. is, it's all a prison of their own making. Like, And Linda was, was pregnant. Yeah. At the time. It was Goodness. so horribly scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why she's all over John. Jordan. It makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Like why they would just want to be in the same room together and could. Like yeah. it's not like she had to go to a fucking day job or, you know, like. <laughs> and can't like, bring my wife to the office. Right. <laughs> and you notice that half the time she's there like opening mail and answering phones. Not bothering yeah. anyone. Why? Because Epstein had just fucking died and there was nobody to answer the phones and open the mail. Oh, geez. And so who winds up with the shit detail? The band wife. Yeah. That's who. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. It, so, but yeah, yeah, you heard me. Yeah. Yeah, so that character assassination piece from Michael Lindsay mm. Hogg, because they wouldn't go to Dubai Tivoli, or the fuck you wanted to go. We're not going to Africa, douche. Get over it. Oh, my God. But we could do it next week. Like, we're going to get on the on, on the, the QE2 with 400 people. We're not taking No. Oh, good idea. Put the most famous man in the world on a fucking ship to like Africa. With a rock boat with from hell. Right, and send them to the only people. place on planet Earth where nobody knows or cares who they are. Yeah, brilliant idea. That's great. Goodness. But, the, but the, the helicopter shots will be great. No. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to make a terrible movie then. Great, okay. Thanks. Great. <laughs> Oh, George just quit, by the way. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, and George is going through his shit because he's got Eric Clapton's ex-girlfriend living at the house with him and Patty. And he and oh. her are having a thing. And Patty knows. And Patty leaves. And then, like. Oh, right. And Eric so Clapton going... just wrote Layla because his wife left him for George. I think am, Clapton. Am I, am I close? I, I think Clapton. I think Layla's a, maybe a year away. Maybe it's I don't, maybe it's around there. Yeah, I don't Clapton remember. wasn't in great shape either, though. If I'm not, and he's still mistaken. doing Cream at that point, or maybe Cream had just broken up. Yeah, I think Cream had just broken up, and he was yeah. Yeah, but he's yeah no yeah he's it, not doing shit's great. falling apart all over the Everyone's place. Everyone's going through the fucking shit. Everybody yeah. and it, yeah, it's roofs are falling in all over the place, and yeah. Michael Lindsay Hogg wants them all to go heads to are Africa. falling off. Yeah, he just wants them to go to Africa. Like, right. dude, sit down. I just want to go home and have dinner and not fight with my wife tonight. God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Goodness. at number 98 out of 223, now 224, because of now and then, uh, how do we feel? I have to figure out how to, how to rank that at some point. How do we feel about that ranking? Too high, too low, ballpark's right. Robert I mean, Smith rule. I'm right if he's close. Uh, Rob, uh, 
But, I mean, Robert Smith was working on a different metric. I don't know that that's a fair <laughs> comparison. Yeah. That was a hundred based on a million songs. This is relative to one scope of comp. I mean, you're really. <laughs> Plus, he's Robert Smith. Yeah, I'm like, not. I just, you're, nice, nice try, Frida's. <laughs> My hair's uh, not nearly as cool. <laughs> it's definitely more moisturized, though. Wouldn't looks, it have to this be? This hair looks a little dry. Oh, yeah. It's, a it's got dry, like a real You're light. in way better shape. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I've, I, I mean, yeah. unless, he's, unless he's been doing like Weight Watchers. Well, he's also Thomas's. older than me. Well. But. Easy with that older <laughs> shit, buddy. It's different. <laughs> I certainly hope so. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you made this list during a very trying time, and time's been very wibbly wobbly, and I'm still not over long and winding road being where it was. So, um, I'm gonna say it's fine. Okay. Okay. Julia? But that's only because I haven't figured out which song you're going to give me <laughs> later on in the listing to make up for She's Leaving. Right. Home. Uh, okay. And I'm sure that uh, Harry Nielsen's daughter is lovely. <laughs> She's very nice. I'm She's sure she is. <laughs> she would have to be, wouldn't she? You would think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. You are never going to live this down. Drag me on my holes, man. <laughs> Um, I think I think it's maybe a little high. Yeah. Like I would, I think I would move it like a little better. Okay. I I really like this song. Yeah. I think it's really fun. It makes me happy. Okay. I can like, see Like not that. a huge amount. Like sure. I don't know that I move in like the top fifty. I don't know. Maybe I would. <sighs> it's all about what it makes you feel and how you like it. Yeah. No, no right or wrong. I think yeah. I think I would move this one move this one up a little. Okay. I like it. Okay. That's the trouble with Beatles songs. There's though. so many, they're and all, I'm like, oh, there's so many good ones. Good. Yeah. And so you're like, there's like what, 224? I got 224 yeah. now. Okay, so there's 224. They can't all be in the top 100. I know. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. If there were a way to do that, I mean, I I was an English and theater major, so I'm I'd like to think that math works that way. <laughs> um, I'm told it doesn't. It does not. <laughs> my grades would reflect my misunderstanding. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think all of them should be higher. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I think every every time I plan an episode, I'm just my kind of brain will go like, if I got in the car and turned on the radio and this song was on, would I be stoked? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it really hard to rank it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that that's why there's like so many of those satellite radio stations that are all Beatles. Yeah, so you can just be stoked all the time. Yeah. I got in the car last night after the Walrus gig, and me and Andre got in our cars at the same time. And uh, I get in the car, turn it on, and Silly Love Songs came on. And I was like, yeah! And I turned it up, rolled down the window, and I was like, yeah! Silly Love Songs! It's really good! (laughs) He was just like, how do you do this? We just played that shit for like two hours. I don't know how you do it either. Like, sometimes if you have like a show and we do a podcast and like the same weekend, I'm like, I need three days of no Beatles. And you're just like, nope, crank nope, it. crank it. <laughs> yeah. More. Put it directly into my veins. Yeah, totally. Can I mainline Beatles, like, directly into my spine? Like, I don't want Elon Musk to give me any kind of chip that isn't a chip that just gives me Beatles songs at, yeah. on command. It's the only brain. one you're signing up for. Yeah. Is yeah. If I can enjoy it and not bother anybody, oh, that'd be the best. Yeah. No, totally. I'm with you on that. I mean, I see how that kind of technology could be weaponized and used for 100%, evil. 100%, yeah. But if it could also be used to, like, give me nonstop Beatles and David Bowie, 
yeah. it would kind of be worth it. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty tight. Yeah. Pretty tight. Yeah. Okay, now usually at this part of the show, we would do our rapid fire questions, oh, right? But you've been on here so many times, <laughs> I can't think of any more rapid fire questions. So, Phew. would you like to play a game? <laughs> Would you like to play a game? <laughs> I, I remember how this ended for Matthew Broderick. I'm not going to like start a global <laughs> thermonuclear war, am I? No, no. Where I have to guess the scientist's dead son's name to remember the password to stop it. No, it's not I, Yeah, that I remember good. how to do this. No one will die. It's just... <laughs> Damn it. It's just questions. Well, I mean, we got Henry Kissinger, so that's one out of the way. <laughs> I'll let you take credit for Henry Kissinger's yeah. death. Oh, I would love to take credit for Henry Kissinger's right. death. Uh, Who I, among I us would? I wish it had been me. I wish it had been me. I Let's can't see. take credit for that one. Hang on one second. That was just time. <laughs> I had to stop recording. I'm sorry. Okay. What I'm going are you to recording do. Again? We are recording now. Okay. <clears throat> so in lieu, in lieu of. Rapid fire questions. Oh boy. I've leveled up past rapid fire. You've leveled up to questions from Beatles Trivial Pursuit. Oh Oh, no. Christ. (laughs) Are you ready? Probably Probably not. Probably not, but let's see what happens. (laughs) The introduction to what country's national anthem opens All You Need Is Love? (laughs) Wow. That is way too hard. I I think. Bum, ba, da, ba, da. It's God Save the Queen. England. The UK. France. Oh. That's La Marseille. Yes, of course it is. uh, Yeah, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay. It's wrong. That's the opposite of (laughs) okay, Prentice. You know what? Our our French listenership is very low. It's okay. No one will be offended. (laughs) They're not coming for you. No, but everybody who knows that song knows. I apologize, people. I'm not thinking. This is too hard. Give her the easier ones. This is rude. The refrain from which early Beatles hit is heard during the fade out of All You Need Is Love. Oh, she loves you. There you go. Ah. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Hmm. Yes, yes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's very strange. Very, that's Jeff Goldblum. Mm, yes, yes, of course. Yes. Mm. <laughs> we really need to add video element to this right? podcast. <laughs> what is the complete title of the Sgt. Pepper song about Mr. Kite? Being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. To give her the points, baby. Love it. Ding. We need like a little ding. Yes. <laughs> what song appears in two different versions on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? Oh, um, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Bing, 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 bing. Give her ding. the points, baby. <laughs> Making up for that national anthem thing as fast as I can. Right. <laughs> God, and that was a fucking gimme, too. <laughs> Jesus. All right, I'm, I'm, we're going to throw it back to a previous a previous episode with oh you. Boy. You ready? Okay. Whose use of the phrase, it's getting better, inspired Paul to write the song, Getting Better? Oh. He was going for a walk with him. Mm. No. No. He was going for a walk with John. Oh, fuck. I don't remember. Jimmy Nickel. Who filled in for Ringo when he had tonsillitis? They would say, "How's it going, Jimmy? How are you, how are you feeling, feeling about everything? It's getting better. It's getting better. 
These are good. These are good questions. Yeah, they are. Let's do two more. Oh boy. <clears throat> two more. All right. My short-term to long-term memory conversion is the problem, <laughs> apparently. If it makes you feel any better, I would have gotten one of those correct. Of all <laughs> okay. of those questions, I would have gotten one. Well, considering that he's asking most of the questions about a record that I have internalized pretty much every bit of the liner notes of, <laughs> I, 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 I can see the focus is Ooh, I like this one. catering oh to my Ooh, You know what? I'm, we're going to do is a, she's, a she's leaving home question because mm-hmm. I blew it on giving you that episode. On what day of the week does the story in She's Leaving Home begin? Wednesday. Bingo. <laughs> Ding. Derp. Ding dong. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> Do you ever watch that show? glow up on netflix no it's like a makeup show it's like these people that do like amazing makeup yeah it's so good and one of the hosts i forget um i forget her name and what she does but she always has fantastic glasses so you would love her okay um (laughs) and she's she's british yeah she's Mm -hmm. british yeah and whenever she like really loves something she goes ding dong and everyone's like yeah like that's her like biggest compliment is you get a ding, ding dong dong and that's like that's the it's best glow up glow up it's amazing awesome. and it's like not just like pretty makeup it's like total transformations like art it's amazing it's really cool, yeah. like i could never like i don't even really wear makeup yeah yeah i had and, somebody else do my makeup like for me for the first time in my entire life yeah like last october like it wasn't that long ago uh-huh i, I I'm almost 50 years old. I've never had somebody else do my makeup. I go on stage for a living, and oh I've never gosh. had anybody else do my makeup. Wow. Me. Yeah, it's um, it's a sad state of affairs. No, I but I'm glad. Like, I'm amazed it. that you can do it yourself. I cannot. I, I didn't say I could do it myself. <laughs> I just said I had well, never. You always look amazing to else. me, so oh, I've never you. been like, ooh. <laughs> I'm always well, like, Rawr. well, <laughs> I, I don't know that I'll ever go back now that I've had somebody else do my makeup for me. It's, it's quite a treat. I think the only time I've had it done was for like my wedding and other people's weddings. Yeah, I think I've that's never, it. Not even like, for that. Apparently I didn't think enough of myself to have my own <laughs> makeup done for my own wedding. It was September in New Orleans. Like I was I just, just sweat it off yeah. anyway. Just throwing good makeup after bad after a point. Yeah. So anyway, watch glow up. It's amazing. I will. I will. Okay. You may you may resume. All right. <laughs> this is one that no no one's gonna get. I don't even know this one, but I thought it was interesting, so I thought I'd ask it. Who played the harp on "She's Leaving Home," becoming the first woman to play on a Beatles record? Um, Harpo Marx. <laughs> Wait, you totally like said the her lady name. Harpo <laughs> you totally said the name when we recorded that podcast. I did. Was it Sheila like... Bromberg? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were gonna say that. Dang, he was like, "Nope, <laughs> you don't get to guess. You're not playing. It's not your game, Julia." Sheila Bromberg. I was gonna say like Good Natalie Bromberg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rocket Sheila. Get it, Sheila. Uh, a commercial for what cereal inspired John to write "Good Morning, Good Morning." Ooh. Uh, Count Chocula. <laughs> is it? Would it be like cornflakes or Ding something? Ding dong. <gasps> Was it really? Because I'm thinking the rooster. Yep. The cor- uh, That's my brain association. Uh, there you go. Oh my god! I got a thing. You did it, baby. Yes, but I was like, do they have cornflakes over there? They do. Well, <laughs> even in I'm the Walrus, there's the lyrics sitting on a cornflake, oh. waiting for the van Damn. to come. There yep. you go. All right, we'll do one more, and then we'll stop this silliness because this is silly. By the way, I knew it wasn't Count Chocula. 
I wish it had been Count Chocula. That would have been amazing. That would kind of great. Good morning. <laughs> good, good morning. <laughs> Count Chocula. I want to Do eat they have Count chocolate. Chocula outside of America, or is that just an American cereal, I feel like? I don't know. I don't either. I'm just scrolling looking for a doozy <laughs> to see if we can wrap up on a high note here. A doozy. A doozy. Mm. Well, you know. started with a softball, and I totally blew it, so <laughs> apparently everything's a doozy. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah, let's go back to the uh, banging civil servants thing here. Um, <laughs> Again, that old chestnut? <laughs> Who played the piano solo in the middle eight on Lovely Rita? George Martin. Ding oh. dong! You did it. Yes. You, what, what does she win? What's the prize, Julia? Um... <laughs> A spin drift, half tea, half lemonade. <laughs> yes. And another appearance. And Amanda on, Palmer. And another <laughs> Amanda Palmer. And an, an invitation. Please don't to, sue us. <laughs> an invitation to come back on another episode of Ranking the Beatles. Yay! Yes! You didn't tell me I had to procure prizes. Uh, well, next time. Okay. I'm on next it. time I'll get the tricky questions. Oh, boy. <laughs> next time I'll study. <laughs> Uh, well, this has been lovely as always. It's always lovely. Always I love lovely. You guys so much. Aww, I love, love you too. too. What's going on? What's coming up for you? Uh, what's coming up for me? Um, what's going on with the Coven? When, what's the next show? Oh, for you the guys? next Coven show. Because we, you—that's new since the last time we were on that you were on the yes. show. Yes, mm-hmm. tell it, us about the Coven. It is new. The Coven is a um, a female consortium of music and social aid, which uh, I am very happy to be a part. And um, our next show is going to be the Wednesday between Jazz Fest weekends. Love it. And oh. I guess I am the first person announcing it. Oh, it's a Ranking the Beatles exclusive. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we are still booking our guests. Um, as of now, we have confirmed on the bill uh, myself, Kimberly Kay, Arsene DeLay, Mashia Lake, and Alexis Marceau. Nice. Uh, with more guests to be announced as they are booked. Lovely. Um, at DBA. Fun. The Wednesday between Jazz Fest weekends, formerly Chaz Fest Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a holy day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a high holy day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 9 p.m. at DBA. Please mark your calendars and don't yes. go do any other fucking bullshit. Nothing else to go see that day. No. That'll be the best. And even if there were, like, this will be better. Yeah, so much. This will be the best show in town. Hands yeah, down. It we've seen it. It's incredible. It's such it's, a fun show, and it's different every time. Yeah. yeah, this will be different from the one that we did in October, which will be different from the one that we did last April. Mm-hmm. It will be different, and it will be badass. And we will have men playing instruments, which is what Allison Fensterstock. I thought that was band. great. Yeah. Men playing so instruments. Good. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah. I I feel very I feel very fortunate to be uh, working with this group of people for myriad reasons that nice. that not being the least of them um yeah so we will be uh playing magical music and casting spells and you know laying people to waste and shit fuck yeah yeah fuck yeah have y'all considered any kind of record situation or uh, doing something outside of just live performance like uh not yet yeah Somebody makes us an offer that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, nothing makes sense right now. Nothing so. ever makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
very little makes sense right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, really the next... I think that's the next big thing on the horizon. I'm still waiting for festival confirmations for the spring. Nice. You know how that goes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope that's nice. Yeah. We'll <laughs> fingers see. crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Let me know if there's any, like, auxiliary coven openings for people that don't have talents but just, like, want to hang out with the cool people. You know what? Coven we, merch table. We're actu- we are actually discussing ways that we can branch out and oh. – yeah, because it's um, th- there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I th- feel like in the community and socially, and mm-hmm. there's especially with the last election we just had in Louisiana, mm-hmm. shit's mm-hmm. about to get real, and mm-hmm. um, we are all <coughs> real gonna bad. Have, we are gonna have to put up or shut up for the next four years. Yeah, and they're counting on us shutting up. So. Yeah, and we have to get in there and protect our own. Because those yeah. people in Baton Rouge are coming for us. Sorry, this is a total sidebar. And no, most of you are going to have no idea it's, what we're talking about. If but. it's a sidebar, it's already too late. Yeah. yeah. No, I meant like most of the people listening are not familiar with Louisiana and then our politics. Most of the people but. listening need to do a little bit of homework because oh. we're in deep oh. shit, yeah. Yeah. folks. Yeah. And it very well may be happening in your city, too, uh, wherever it, you are. It, yeah. It probably. Did you hear that they're, the guy who's going to be our new governor is looking to sabotage our water supply until new orleans starts prosecuting yes. people who are trying to get abortions yes. yeah yeah so check it out people um they are coming for us literally yeah. trying to smoke us out uh yeah coming coming soon to a government near you yeah good times <sighs> hey Hey, That's why we need fun pop songs like oh, that. Boy. So. Merry <laughs> Christmas! It's a little three-minute escapism every now and then just to help our brains yeah. make it through the day. Tonight. <laughs> tonight. That's what we need. There's no baseline. <laughs> <laughs> well, Debbie, it's been lovely as always. Thank you for, Thank you so much for, for coming by. Yeah. You want to close out the show with us? I don't think we ever have guests do the show close with us. No. What's the show close? We go... Debbie Davis, everybody. That was fun, Julia. <laughs> that was so fun. Oh, my God. I love her. She's the best. <laughs> she's so pretty. <laughs> How do I join in on that? <laughs> it's usually... Yeah, weird. she's great. <laughs> that feels weird. That's fine. I mean, Let me just it. talk be about a, our socials. Be adorable. Yeah. Wow. Let me say goodbye. Yeah. yeah that's that, that's, that feels very alarming. <laughs> just like throw in a hair flip. Yeah. You know, yeah. There no, you go. really do need to add video because that was pretty good. Right. Cool. It was a good... You just know, like ASMR. Like, yeah, it's right into the mic. <laughs> friends what do you all think about hello goodbye at number 98 are we too high are you we are too high. are we too low <laughs> or are we just like baby bear's porridge that's right that's right let us know in the comments Debbie, you, have you not heard us do baby bear's porridge no oh it's a bad joke that's been going on for three years now I don't even know. Wow. I don't even know why it came about. Every time, and I'm so agitated Just about it. Just right. Yeah. Uh, let us <laughs> know in the comments. <laughs> let us know in the comments on whatever social media platform you follow us on. If you're looking for us on Facebook, you can find us over there at Ranking the Beatles. If you're looking for us on Instagram, you can find us at Ranking the Beatles. If you're looking for us on Twitter, because I won't call it X, you can find us at. <laughs> Ranking Beatles. That's right. Woo! Yeah. Tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you check out rankingthebeatles.com for all your 
RTB needs. Get yourself a Rank Your Own Beatles poster or a t-shirt. A t-shirt? Well, yeah, a t-shirt, a jumper. We have all that stuff. Yeah. Christmas is coming. I know. Oh, good idea. Maybe Mm. in the new year, maybe we'll do some contests and do some shirt giveaways or something like that. Yeah. Um, Twisting your mustache. Right. (laughs) Twisting my little tiny mustache. Um, And be sure to tell a friend if you're enjoying the show and leave a five-star or however many star review that you can possibly leave on your your platform, uh, your podcast provider of choice. Uh, Well, that's all for this week, y'all. We hope you've had a lovely time. Debbie, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. You're the best. Mm. The songbird of my heart. Oh, so cute. I love that. (laughs) Julia, I love you. I'll see you up in the living room. Cool. (laughs) Friends, we'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. And I'm Debbie. (laughs) This has been Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all. Bye.